Welcome to the Illinois Soy Podcast. Enjoy. Today I'm speaking with Randy Niver, a 2021 CCA Soy Envoy and Certified Crop Advisor who has worked for Bayer Crop Science for 15 years in various areas of the business, including research and development, regulatory, and commercial. He is currently a technical agronomist for Asgro DeKalb in East Central Illinois and works closely with dealers and sellers to make product and placement recommendations for their growers. Randy also operates a small family farm where he grows corn, soybeans, wheat, grass, and alfalfa hay, and raises beef cattle, chickens, ducks, goats, and horses with the assistance of his wife and three sons. Welcome to the show, Randy, and thank you for joining me today. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Now, I know, Randy, that you're a busy guy who has been visiting with a lot of growers this month. Can you tell us how things are looking in the fields right now? Yes, I'm really impressed on how good things are looking right now with everything this crop has gone through. There's a lot more four-bean pods that I've seen uh, this year and a lot fewer two-bean pods like we'd normally see in the past. So the amount of stress this crop has gone through just really speaks to the genetics and how well the growers have been managing these soybeans. That is really encouraging to hear. And from all of us at the Illinois Soybean Association, we hope everyone has a safe and successful 2021 harvest. And while many of us are focused on the near future, today on the Ill Soy Advisor podcast, we want to turn our attention to next year and talk about why it's important to get soybeans planted early. So Randy, we know that soybeans are photosensitive plants, meaning they grow by sunlight, whereas corn grows off GDUs. How does planting soybeans early support higher yields? There's a few different ways that it, that it does that. And one of the ways that uh, we can talk about is in, increasing the vegetative growth prior to the flowering process. So there are more nodes to have flowers on because the plant is able to get up, get going, and actually start uh, a good vegetative growth process before the plant starts to flower. You know, and then as those days are getting longer, it actually triggers the plant to start flowering. So once it, it gets to a certain point throughout the, the growing season, you know, normally we think about it in a normal planting timing that it's, it's after the summer solstice. Uh, but if we plant early, what can happen is the plants get to that, that key timing, uh, that, that day length that matches up to trigger the plant to start uh, to, to start flowering and it could be the middle of May and it can start flowering and because the, the night length that is required to activate that phytochrome uh, in, in the soybean plant makes it start flowering and it will say, man, I'm wondering to start, I'm, it's time, I got to go. I'm going to miss the boat if I don't start flowering and, and put some, some pods on. So it'll start flowering that and begin the process and then it realizes, oh, wait, these days are getting longer. My nights are still getting shorter. I don't need to be flowering yet. And it'll actually pause and, and stop flowering for a little while until we get to that summer solstice. And during that time frame, it takes the opportunity to start filling, uh, turning those flowers from, the, uh, from actual flowers to, to begin pods and, and starting the potting process. So we're getting pods lower in the plant canopy we're seeing pods um, more filled out and actual have usable soybeans lower in the canopy because they're able to get some sunlight on those leaves while the canopy, it may not be fully 
um, fully covered up yet. Because normally later in the growing season, when that lower canopy is, is trying to flower and put on pods, it's already closed. Those rows have been closed and, and no sunlight is getting to those leaves. So it's not able to fill those pods. So if we are able to plant them earlier and get them to flower prior to the solstice, then those pods that are and flowers that are lower in the canopy can actually absorb those leaves, can absorb that sunlight and push those nutrients to the pods. And then as they go on to that next step and, and start flowering again after the solstice, then it starts filling the upper part of the canopy. Randy, you said a little bit about the canopy there. Can you tell us what the value is in protecting the canopy as it relates to early, mid, and late season growth? Yes, sir. So just like I mentioned a few minutes ago, how that sunlight is captured and how important it is for those leaves to be able to absorb that sunlight, it's key throughout the growing season, not just during one, one process or another. So if we're looking at it early on, um, it's key for nutrient uptake. So we need to be able to um, feed those leaves from the, from the bottom uh, where the nutrients are uptake uh, are getting um, taken up by the, the roots and making sure that it has all the nutrients that those, those leaves need to be able to absorb that sunlight and turn that sunlight into energy. So if we have a weak canopy because of lack of nutrients, or weather events that may strip leaves off or shred leaves or something like that. Um, or, or any, I guess any situation that can reduce the amount of energy that can be taken up um, by the plant to, to allow those leaves to absorb the sunlight can reduce the amount of energy that those leaves are turning uh, sunlight into. So, I mean, the ultimate goal for that leaf is to turn sunlight into energy. To what that the plant can use to grow um, and and start uh, reproduction when it gets to that point. So, if early on in the growing season, if we have a, a yellow soybeans or or a wheat canopy, then we can slow down re, uh, just vegetative growth. And then as we get to the middle part of the season, uh, when we're doing the flowering or early pod fill, uh, it takes a lot of nutrients and capturing that sunlight allows the plant to turn those flowers into pods and to fill those pods. So the more light that that plant can capture, the more clusters per node that we see, the more beans per pod it can produce. And ultimately, as we get late, it, it also increases the bean size inside of those, those pods. So we not only get more four bean pods, more three bean pods, but we're getting larger beans inside of those pods. And smaller beans just do not yield and weigh as much as what those bigger beans do. And I don't mean bigger beans by bigger plants, bigger plant size, but the seed size inside of those pods. When it comes to protecting the canopy during grain fill then, what are some specific diseases we need to look out for and how can we prevent or manage them? Yeah, so one thing that uh, always comes to mind, especially this year, is SDS. Uh, this is a, a year that we've seen a decent amount of SDS in our early plantings because we had some, some good conditions for SDS infection. So, and, and believe it or not, that SDS infection didn't just happen in the early plantings. It happened up until about that May 10th timeframe. Um, what we have seen so far is 
you know, the, the conditions early on were fairly good. They were cool, but they were dry. And SDS, it needs cool and wet as part of its, its disease triangle to, uh, to be able to infect the plants and, 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 and be able to take hold later on in the season. So when we planted, you know, that April 7th, April 10th, you know, even April 15th in that time frame where we would normally think, oh, well, this could be an SDS infection timing. It was dry enough during that time frame that we really have not seen a, a bunch of infestation of that uh, early. It, it is starting to come on now, but um, it, it could have come on a lot earlier if it was wetter. Seed treatments is a great way to, to manage that. Uh, variety, just picking a variety that is known to be more resistant to SDS is a great way to manage it. And you know something that we can't control is the weather. Uh, the weather is a great way to manage it. And like I said, some of those earliest planted beans uh, I haven't seen a bunch of SDS in, but as we start looking at end of April and early May, I've seen more SDS in those beans because of the conditions directly after planting were much cooler and much wetter than what they were early on. And that's something we can't control, but that is a, a way that, uh, that will keep beans from, from getting SDS quite as heavy. Other conditions that uh, could, could affect the canopy during grain fill is, is frog eye leaf spot. That's a disease that, especially in the southern part of my geography in Douglas County and, and uh, Coles County, we see a decent amount of. So that's, uh, again, that's a great way to, to control it. Uh, frog eye leaf spot is by variety selection and having a good fungicide that will work against, against it with a good residual. So Delaro, Delaro Complete is a great product that works very well against frog eye leaf spot. So then is there a specific fungicide growers should use to get a good residual or will a generic fungicide work well enough? I think it's key that growers pick their fungicides wisely because uh, not all fungicides are created equally. Uh, just like uh, you know, if you wanted to go race a Pinto against a Mustang, I'm willing to bet that that Pinto is not going to do all that great. So choosing a fungicide is just as key as picking a car to race. Uh, if we want to protect those soybean plants for a, a good window during grain fill, uh, you're not going to want to pick something that has a short residual or something that has a, um, a small target on diseases. So there are some generic fungicides that work great against frog-eyed leaf spot, for example, but will do nothing for any other disease that soybeans could, could get on, on that time of year. So it, it, it's very key, in my opinion, to select a fungicide that has a broad spectrum and also has a nice long residual length uh, for after that application window. That way we're protecting that, that leaf canopy as long as possible. And what about fungicide timing? Timing is important for multiple different reasons. One, we're looking for the infection timing of the plants or, or of the disease. So if, uh, if we're using a fungicide that has absolutely no curative process uh, in, that, in that product, uh, 
then doing it after the disease is there is not going to help protect that plant because once that disease is there, it can't cure it, it can't stop it, it's done, uh, it's already going to uh, affect yield on that plant. But if we are using a, a, a preventative product only and we get out there before that we, uh, we apply or before that disease comes in, then we can make that application and protect that plant and, and still see the effects and positive effects of the fungicide. Now, if we select a fungicide that has both curative and preventative, then it gives us a little bit broader window that we can go out there and spray. And that's why you'll see many, uh, many applications we target R3 uh, because it's kind of the middle. Um, R2 to R4, really we've seen a good response in that window, in that R2 to R4 window. The key being, is the fungicide got good curative and a good residual and a good prevent as well to where we can make that, that timing recommendation kind of broad to be able to protect the plant as long as possible. So timing is important if you're only using a prevent. Timing is also important uh, for the disease. So white mold, for example, is, is going to infect during flower process. If we wait until R3, we're too late to protect the, the soybeans against that disease. We need to make that at an R1 timeframe or possibly an R2 when we're at a full flower timeframe. That's when we need to protect against white mold. If we're looking at other diseases that come on a little bit later, that residual may be run out by the time frog eye leaf spot comes in, for example. So uh, potentially a second application or delaying the application to the later side of R2 to try to extend that residual window could be a, a good possibility uh, if you only want to make a one-pass fungicide program. Uh, lastly, I want to circle back to talk a little bit about the weather and why it's important to have plenty of quality sunlight during grain fill. How will overcast days impact sunlight and the plant? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, um, the plant needs that sunlight to be able to produce energy. So as we get overcast days, cloudy days, you know, I, th I think uh, that's something that has kind of reduced the potential of Illinois soybeans in the past is how cloudy we can get from just humidity. And uh, as that humidity builds, it, uh, it rises and, and starts to cool off. And that creates all the clouds that we see throughout most of the summer. And this year is a another excellent example of of just overcast days is the amount of of smoke and um kind of that i don't know what you want to call it for really but i mean the the smoke layer that that kind of moved in this way from the wildfires uh, out west and and up north really had an impact on how much sunlight we were actually getting throughout the day uh it was you know, it was plenty of light to be able to see, but it was never really any direct sunlight for almost a week. And that amount of overcast can slow down uh, the plant's processes all across the board. So we're, uh, it's not able to photosynthesize near as efficiently. Uh, so it's not growing quite as quickly. Uh, it may shorten internodes, which uh, may not be a bad thing because that could help standability in some cases. Uh, but it, it's just going to slow down the plant's process to be able to produce energy, which is going to lead to 
the reproductive parts of flowering and pods and pod fill and overall grain size when it comes down to it. So, you know, the more cloudy days that we experience, I think is, is or haze or fog or, or smoke that uh, has affected us this year. I, I think the more days we have like that, the lower potential we'll see for overall quality and overall yields amount, mainly not so much for, for actual bean counts, but possibly during the grain fill process, it could be smaller beans overall. So not just, um, some, not just like smaller, shorter plants, but I mean, actual beans inside those pods could, could be smaller because they were not able to um, transform that energy that is getting from the sun to what it needs to fill those pods. All right, and that's all the time that we have for today. Thank you for joining us today, Randy, to provide your expertise to help soybean growers be successful each growing season. Thank you very much for having me. It's an honor to speak with you today. Again, that was Randy Niver, a 2021 CCA Soy Envoy, sharing insights on why it's important to plant soybeans early. If you're interested in learning more about this topic and other soybean management resources, visit www.ilsoyadvisor.com. That's ilsoyadvisor.com to learn more. This has been an Ill Soy Advisor podcast. Thanks for tuning in.